Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me to preview the Texans and Chargers is Ryan Dyrud, who covers the Chargers for the Believe and LA Football Podcast as part of the Believe Network. Great to have you on the show, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, be on with you, Robert, and, and talking some football. And maybe not for you guys, but hopefully a better result for the Chargers this week after a, a tough loss in week three. Yeah, I, I want to get to that, but the Chargers one and two. You said it. The only real shocker for me was that game against the Jags, the blowout last week. What What are your early concerns? Well, I mean, it starts with the obvious one, and that's the injuries. Uh, it seems to be a cloud over this team dating back to their days in San Diego with even Drew Brees all the way back then. It's just like they cannot escape the injury bug for whatever reason. And um, once again, Joey Bosa out for an extended period of time going on IR. Rashawn Slater, star left tackle, done for the year with torn, bi- torn biceps. J.C. Jackson hasn't played since, uh, has only played limited time. Keenan Allen's been hurt almost the entire season. So the injuries just keep piling up and they can't escape it. And they built this team in the offseason for a Super Bowl run. But when you spend a lot of money on star players, that doesn't leave a lot for depth pieces. And so that's been a big concern now with these injuries is the next man up aren't necessarily the greatest next men up and that's no shade or disrespect, but it's just the way this roster was built because you know, you're trying to be a little top heavy and make a run, especially in such a tough division as the AFC West. So obvious answer, Robert, but the biggest concern right now is injuries. And then also just to piggyback off that and, and not get too long winded. Cause I'm sure you'll ask about it, but the offensive play calling has been a little bit of a contentious point among the fan base in general. The running game has not gotten going at all. Austin Eckler considered one of the best backs in football and ran the ball five times for four yards last week. So the running game has not been going. Uh, they haven't stuck to the running game. I know you have Justin Herbert, who's an all work quarterback, but you never want to throw the ball 45 plus times. I don't care who your quarterback is. That's not a recipe for winning. So those are the two big things that this team needs to get right. One of them isn't really necessarily their own fault with injuries, but one of them they can certainly fix, and that's the running game. Yeah, I'm going to get back to the running game in a second, but I'm just wondering, like, I remember the Texans went through this where tons of injuries, concussions, they flipped over the entire training staff. Is that something that the the Chargers have done at all in in the last few years, or or is that something that people are talking about? Well, it's a great question, and it's one that, that last year they made a lot of adjustments when Brandon Staley, obviously rookie head coach, brought his own staff in. And historically speaking, last year was one of the healthiest years the Chargers had had. It's like, okay, good. We got over this hump. Staley changed the, the what they did in practice, changed like eating stuff. They obviously did some different stuff in terms of workouts and, and regiments like that. Uh, didn't play a lot in the preseason like a lot of teams are now tr- uh, changing to. Very limited uh, full padded practices. So it made a lot of changes and it seemed to work. And I, I think more so this year, it's just kind of bad luck. It's just that what something that happens uh, in the NFL and seems to happen a lot to the Chargers. Um, but to answer your question, they did make changes last year and it seemed like they had turned that corner and now just got struck with some bad luck. And because, um, you know, JC Jackson's injury, for example, had a, a minor surgery on his ankle. And it's not the ankle that's bad now. The actual inflammation from the the wound of the surgery has flared up. So that's just one of those like unlucky things that, man, uh, they just can't get out of their their own way, it seems like. so. But we'll see if they make any other adjustments now moving forward. Yeah, I guess I was thinking the same way they were thinking. And uh, I want to ask you about the coach in a second. But just a reminder to our listeners and viewers to subscribe, comment, and like us on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. And Ryan... How do you feel about Coach Staley three games into his second season? So I'm a huge Staley stan. Uh, I loved him in Denver. I loved him as the Rams, D.C. 
And I love the hire for the Chargers. I was one of the few out here in LA that when they were doing their extensive uh, interview process after moving on from Anthony Lynn, that he was my number one candidate. And so when they, they brought him in and made it happen, I was very excited. Now, obviously has had some ups and downs, uh, made some rookie mistakes. I think a lot of his mistakes were um, overblown in the media to the tune. I know that the fourth down stuff, everyone loved talking about. If you take out, this is kind of off that topic, but if you take out that last game against the Raiders, those last two drives, Robert Ray, they go for it five times just to come back in the game. You take that out. The Chargers actually finished 13th in the league in fourth down attempts. So it wasn't like this unbelievable new wave of, of change that he brought in that. But, but I think his, his culture he's built is very good. He is a great defensive mind. He has his players now pieces in set to make the defense a lot better. That was not very good last year. All that being said, though, through three games, there's definitely some concern rising in not just the losses, but how they've lost, you know, losing to the chiefs when they were winning and controlling most of that game. Um, you would, anyone that watched that game, you would say the chargers should have won that game. They dominated almost the entire game outside of a few plays. And then obviously the pick six is what cost them the game. Um, and then you look at the, the Jaguars game and obviously just a litany of mistakes there and, and get bidding at getting out coached by Doug Peterson overall. And then the injuries didn't help. So, you know, to answer your question, I still believe in Staley. I still think he's a, a great head coach. He's a great young mind. I think he's going to get this thing turned around. But I know the fan base is very much week to week, and everyone's already getting conversations about Sean Payton out there and the, and the loom of, of changing uh, the head man right off the bat. But to me, I think Staley is still the right guy, and I think he can get this thing turned around. Yeah, it's always the bright, new, shiny object that the fans love. And you, you mentioned the uh, running game, the Texans terrible against the run. I'm sure you've noticed that. The most interesting storyline, though, going into this game is can the Chargers take advantage considering they're dead last at running the ball? What's going to change for either one of these teams this week? We'll start off with yours. <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's a great question, and it's, it's one of those, um, and this isn't to throw shade at the Texans, but if the Chargers can't run the ball against the Texans, then they got to take a long, hard look in the mirror and, and – change something whether it's Eckler or whether it's the offensive line or whether it's the scheme or whatever it may be um you know you lose Rashawn Slater they're actually going to be starting a rookie Jeremy Salier who they drafted as a guard and they're going to be moving him to left tackle so that's going to make things difficult on its own Corey Lindsley who's been out there's their uh, all pro center uh they've had uh clap will clap playing in his stead Lindsley has been practicing, so he should be back this week. So that obviously gives a huge boost and should help the running game uh, tremendously. But it's, I think it's one of those things, Robert, where one is just it's just committing to it. I mean, they ran the ball 11 times last week. I know they were behind a lot of that game, but it's not a recipe to win. You got to just commit to the run, and and you got a lot of these running backs. They need that rhythm. They need that. Um, that consistency to really get things going. So I think the commitment to it, and then obviously getting a guy like Lindsley back should be a, a huge boost. But They've got to do it this week. This is a get right game in terms of the running game. And, and they, what better team to do it against than a team that has mightily struggled against the run. Texans are one of the worst teams that I, mean, I think they might be the worst team at tackling the, the football. So we'll see or tackling the runners. So we'll see if that changes for them. Well, let's go back to last year. Cause Davis Mills had one of the best games of his career against the chargers, 21 to 27, 254 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. We haven't seen that Davis Mills at all this year. The Texans scored a season-high 41 points in that game. Do you remember much about the game and why the Chargers defense struggled particularly in that in that game? Yeah, I mean, everyone likes to talk about that last game against the Raiders costing 
the charge of the playoffs. It was really the Texans game because that was a game they should have won. They were heavily favored. Uh, they win that game. They're in. Um, there's not even they didn't have to play their starters against the Raiders. So um, it just is one of those games that the Chargers were terrible against the run last year, similar to how the Texans are this year. Uh, they addressed that by adding, um, you know, Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency to kind of sure up the middle. They go get Kyle Van Noy, who kind of can play all over in the linebacking core. But, you know, the Texans were able to run the ball. But then also, yeah, Davis Mills just kind of tore it up uh, as kind of his coming out party, if you will, as a rookie. And and the secondary for the Chargers last year had its very ups and downs. But with some injuries, Mike Davis had a very down year. And you basically had your rookie, Asante Samuel Jr., as your number one corner, um, which he flashed some really good stuff. But also he was a rookie. So I think that definitely played a factor a lot throughout the season. And then, you know, why I think the Texans were able to, you know, move the ball so well against them. And then you couple that with Justin Herbert having one of his worst games as a pro and the offense can never get things going. And this team, here's that. So I covered the Rams as well, Robert. And here's kind of the difference, at least from in these last year and even through these three weeks. It seems like the Chargers, when one facet struggles, the entire team is off. So if Herbert's having an off game, the defense can't stop a nosebleed for whatever reason. The Rams had stretches last year where Matthew Stafford was very, very poor, but the defense was like, we got your back. We'll keep you in the game. And when you have to, you can bring us back for whatever reason, the chargers haven't been able to do that. And so when one thing goes wrong, the floodgates open, the entire things go wrong as we saw against the Texans last year. And as we saw against the Jaguars last week. And so we'll see if that can get corrected and, and they kind of can play complimentary football and, and not just kind of play to the tune of whatever's going on at the time. Yeah, you just described the Texans' fourth quarters. Uh, they, they've got that same issue. And I'm going to flip the table on you and let you ask a question. What are you most interested in about the Texans from your angle? Anything you'd like to ask from the Chargers' perspective? Yeah, well, I mean, you you kind of brought up the how the Texans were able to move the ball last last year and Davis Mills and how he hasn't really had that coming out yet and, you know, a former Ram and Brandon Cook. So I'm kind of curious at the, the, sec, uh, the receiving core out there in Houston and how they'll match up if J.C. Jackson does play with Asante Jam, Asante Samuel Jr., with Derwin James. So kind of how has the passing game really been on how these receivers overall looked in year two for Davis Mills? Uh, Brandon Cooks has not looked all that great. This is as bad as he's looked as a Texan, and he's had some bad stuff to work with when since he's come in here. And he's dropped some footballs, dropped a touchdown, you know, just various things with Brandon Cooks where you're wondering maybe he's slipping a little bit. The receiving court, it's hard to tell in general because Davis Mills is firing over guys' heads. He's, his, you know, it, it, basically his footwork has gone into the toilet um, from, from what I've seen. It looks like he's throwing off his, he gets sometimes hurries, throws off his back foot or just misses guys altogether. You know, he has moments. It seems like there are moments in the game where he gets into a rhythm and you see him hit two or three in a row, but the consistency, I mean, a young quarterback, that's the key, consistency, and it's just not there. And the fourth quarter, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It's just like this team just folds like a cheap tent. I mean, I, it's they're terrible in the fourth quarter, offensively, defensively. I mean, I can see the defense kind of wearing down because they've been on the field a lot. But offensively, Davis Mills starts getting happy feet. You know, he takes sacks that he shouldn't take. I mean, it's one thing after another. And it, the ability for them to get over this fourth quarter hump is going to be the key. Hopefully they can, again, stay in it in the fourth quarter, which they've been able to do. We give them that credit. You know, everybody thought this team was awful, awful, awful. They've been in it every fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And it's not the fact that they are a terrible football team. It's the fact that they cannot get over that fourth quarter hump. And Davis Mills 
is the key to that whole thing. He's just got to get better. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly seems like that. Does it feel like, uh, I'll, I'll ask another question here. Does it feel like Levy Smith has a real chance to be the future coach or did it, did it feel from the, even the get go that he was just kind of a placeholder or do you think he has a real shot to keep this thing? I was a Levy fan. I think it was a happy accident that they ended up on Levy Smith because look, what he did in Chicago was a miracle. I mean, that team year in and year out was in the playoffs or sniffing the playoffs. And let me just remind everybody, their quarterbacks were Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler. He goes to Tampa, the cupboards bare. They stink. They don't, they don't have a lot of talent. Their quarterbacks are terrible. McCown was, I think the quarterback one year and, you know, Jameis, rookie Jameis Winston, another year who was throwing, you know, pick six left, left and right, as everybody remembers. So, you know, not a whole lot to work with. And so, you know, Levy, professional, you know, all the experience. He did a fantastic job with the defense last year, I thought, which, you know, they just they, they haven't had a whole lot of talent the last couple of years. This year, all their talent on defense are rookies, you know, Stingley and Petrie. And those guys are, are where the real talent is on the defense in that secondary. So, yeah, I mean... I like Lovey. The one disappointment that I've had is both offensively and defensively. And he was sort of stuck with this Pep Hamilton as his offensive coordinator. He was here from last year's team. They just decided to go with Pep for whatever reason, uh, who was the quarterback coach last year. But they, they just have been playing not to lose football. And, and you start with the first game. They're uh, at midfield. It's the end of overtime. We can choose to go for it on fourth down two or three and you know, I defended it at the time, but as I look back on it, I'm just like, what, why did I care about a tie? You know, I defended it as in, okay, uh, hey, they're they're probably going to lose that game if they did go for it. But you, you just can't start a football season operating under the fact that, hey, something's going to go wrong if we do X, Y, Z. And and so, you know, I, I, I would like to see Levy just being a little bit more aggressive, not only on offense, but on defense. I've talked about this. I need to see them actually blitzing quarterbacks that aren't playing very well or in trouble. Now this week, you know, Justin Herbert's better than anybody that the Texans have faced quarterback wise. I mean, Matt Ryan is not any good anymore. I don't know if Russell Wilson's very good anymore. And I know Justin Fields will never be good. So they've played three quarterbacks that have looked bad. And with Justin Herbert this week, maybe you can't do it, but I just want to see them blitzing um, cause they've had that opportunity to do it and they just haven't done it. How do you see this game playing out? If you, if you were to take a guess, we mentioned the running game. I think obviously that's going to be a factor on both sides, whether the chargers can stop the Texans run and whether the chargers can get their running game going. Um, and also it's just going to be protection. Uh, I know that's such an easy cop out answer, but when you lose your left tackle, you start a rookie guard at left tackle. There's still question marks if they're getting their center back. Um, and Justin Herbert, we haven't really talked about it, but obviously is still nursing that that torn cartilage, rib cartilage injury that he's not 100%. So the last thing you want is your banged-up quarterback taking unnecessary hits, which was a big topic last week when they're down big and, and they keep Justin Herbert in the game, um, which you know was a, an interesting conversation with the media afterwards. But that's, I mean, that's going to be how this game goes. Can they keep Justin Herbert upright, and can they get the, the running game going? The injuries are bad. Um, I still think the Chargers have more talent overall from top to bottom, even with missing two of their premier players, um, especially if they get Keenan Allen and JC Jackson back this week, which it looks like they're trending that way. Uh, and Corey Lindsley, as I mentioned. So, but it's going to come down to the running game. I really think that's what they have to predicate on offense and what they really need to pet a focal point is committing to that running game. So 
we'll see. I mean, it should be another good game and, and uh, hopefully it's, probably another close game for, for Texans and Texans fans. And it'll come down to that fourth quarter and, and we'll see what kind of miracles Justin Herbert can, can put on his back. I guess. I can't see it not being a close game. I can't see the Texans winning because if it's going to come down to the two quarterbacks, I'm going to go with your guy over our guy. Now, Ryan, this is incredible. It's hard for to, it's hard for me to believe this, but uh, to this day, the biggest NFL victory, the city of Houston has witnessed 43 years ago, the Oilers beat the chargers the Chargers, in the 1979 playoffs and what was a miraculous win over Dan Fouts and Eric Coriel. That Oilers team was great, but they go to San Diego. They were playing without starting quarterback Dan Pastoridi, Hall of Fame running back Earl Campbell, their number one wide receiver, Kenny Burrow, who we recently lost. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Kenny Burrow. The Oilers won thanks to a still record, NFL record. Four interceptions by Vernon Perry. Vernon also blocked a field goal. And Ryan, that win put the Oilers in the AFC title game. It's the last time an NFL team from Houston appeared in a conference title game. Wow. What a what a history there. What a game. Four picks and a blocked field goal. That's a Hall of Fame worthy right there. And he <laughs> opened up the next game in the AFC championship game against the Steelers with a pick six, like 73 yard or so. It was around a 70 yard touchdown. I was eight years old when I watched that game. I'm 51 and still waiting to see a Houston team make it back to a conference title game. And I, I'm just going to give a quick plug because you can look for the interview I did with Vernon Perry a couple of years ago on my YouTube channel. It's also on, it's, a, it's in my audio podcast archives. Vernon also tells stories about playing with Walter Payton at Jackson State. So he played mm. with a bunch of great players at Jackson State. Not just Walter yeah. Payton, but we talk about Jackie Slater as well. And believe it or not, Ryan, I'd say my favorite NFL team outside the Oilers when I was growing up was the Chargers because I loved watching Eric Coriel and Fouts and Jefferson and Joyner and and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, they were a fun team and obviously changed kind of how offensive football like was at the time and moved forward. So uh, definitely a fun team to watch. And you know, I hate to say it, but I, I don't know if this is the year your Texans get back to the championship game, but but hopefully soon. I think I think uh, that city deserves it. <laughs> yeah, they're a long way away, and they're going to need a new quarterback uh, at the end of the year when the draft, if if it keeps going like it is, and that's a whole other story. And I, you know, winning with a rookie quarterback, a second year, third year guy, is it's pretty hard. So, I mean, it still feels like it could be three, four years away at best, but we'll see. I mean, Casario had a great draft this past draft. The first draft is kind of. Not looking all that great. We just talked about it in, in my show yesterday with my co-host Sean Bajani. But uh, yeah, it, it could take a while if you don't get the quarterback things uh, straightened out. Your, your podcast, Believe in LA Football, right? Correct. Yeah, Believe in LA Football. We're on the Believe Network. Uh, we have the LA Football Network where we um, you know, have 12 total shows and cover all four LA football teams out here. But uh, yeah, cover Trojans, Bruins in college and Rams and Chargers in the pros. It's, it's a lot of fun. Any questions for Texans fans about the Chargers? You hit up just at Ryan Dyrud, right? Yep, at Ryan Dyrud, LAFB is uh, is my Twitter handle, or you can even just go at LAFB Network is our, our main handle. All right, fantastic. Looking forward to Sunday. Great to have you on the show, Ryan. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Great talking ball, and, and good luck this week, and good luck the rest of the year. 